I'm very worried about what uh, Athelie has said because uh, we've been trained in the story of Athelie hanging on by her eyelids to the roof in the storm. And we, we've heard that story many, many times, which has been very encouraging. And now uh, the next generation, uh, they're not going to hear the story because the confounded roof's been fixed. It's very bad news. Well, I have in my mind a permanent fixture of in the storm. Athelie was up there trying to fix the leak and the ladder fell away and there she was. <laughs> this word holy, 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 I've always thought it referred to the moral purity of God. But that's not really what holy in the Bible means. Uh, holy, holy, God, you are holy means more that you are exclusively unique. There's no one like you. Holy, holy, holy God, the chief amongst the mountains. Well, we've heard how we can't take life for granted. And uh, come across some notes here, which are quotes from 64 years ago. It says they are even making electric typewriters. And it is. Uh, there's no sense in going on short trips anymore for a weekend. It costs two rand a night to stay at a hotel. No one can afford to be sick anymore. It's $15 a day in a hospital. If they think I'll pay 30 cents for a haircut, forget it. <laughs> Did you hear the post office thinking about charging 7 cents just to post a letter? And when I first started driving... Who would have thought gas would someday cost 25 cents a gallon? Dear me. Well, we heard that you can't take life for granted. But, uh, our grandfathers, you know, used to travel by ox wagon. And it was much less complicated then. Because some people are very kindly contributed to our new Suzuki Swift, which is very modern. And I'm not quite sure how to handle all the knobs yet. I haven't touched the one that says rotor lift. Apparently that gets you out of a traffic jam. You know? <laughs> but but uh, <coughs> we went for a walk on the promenade, and when I came back, and switched on the car. You don't have keys any longer. And the music was blaring out. And I switched it off. I switched off the car, switched off everything. 
And the music kept blaring, blaring, blaring. So, uh, uh, so we, we, we took the car back to Sid. Now, Sid is a second-hand car salesman who sold me the car. And that thing, blah, 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 blah. So I got out of the car and the music followed me. And then I realized it was my cell phone. <laughs> As I said, our grandfathers never had problems like that with, with the Oxford. There's a lovely word from Barry, thank you. When you're in the doldrums, just wait for this breeze. Has anyone else got a word from the Lord? It's lovely, that silence. Wing it? Yes, that's right, keep it down to 20 minutes. No, you stay there, as long as okay. it brings you here. <laughs> Morning, all. Um, I've been reading an incredible book about the Holocaust. It's fictional, but it's very much based on fact, and it ties in with what Barry was saying. And I wanted to bring this, that the people who despaired in the times of suffering were the ones who died. And that the ones who survived in Auschwitz, and it was, it's particularly centered on Auschwitz, were the ones who affirmed their faith despite every evidence to the contrary. There were many Jews who said, where is God, who shook their fists in the face of God and who walked away from their faith. And one can completely understand that logically. And most of them died of broken hearts, really. Apart, apart from the malnutrition and everything else. But there were women in Auschwitz who would celebrate Shabbat on a Friday night in their dormitory where 780 women were squashed into a place that should have housed about six, sleeping on wooden pallets. They had a bowl of watery soup in the morning and a bowl of watery soup in the evening, and a third of a loaf of bread was given to them to last a week. They would save the crumbs of that bread in order to celebrate the presence of God in their lives. They had no candles to light, so they would mime the lighting of the candles. They had no wine, so they would find a little bit of water, but they celebrated the reality of God because they said, in this time, we affirm that God is the God of Israel, and we affirm that we believe him because that is what makes us Jews. And the, the Nazis might take away everything from us, our homes, our children, everything from us, but they cannot take away who we are. So the analogy for us as believers is when we're in the doldrums, that is the time to affirm our faith when the evidence of our eyes and our ears and everything else says, no, he's not there, he can't be there, this is too much, that is the time to say, I am a believer, I will believe, and I will affirm my faith.
a friend of mine was doing a master's in theology and told me with great conviction that when Jesus rose from the dead, he was no longer a Jew. So uh, I can't remember challenging her with one of the very last verses in the Bible says that Jesus is the root and the sh- root and the shoot of his of Jesse. What the root and something of Jesse? That's right. Uh, Jesus is the Messiah, and he's as Jewish today as the day he was born on earth. And Israel is that nation into which the New Testament church has been uh, joined. And it is the only nation with which God has any interest on the earth. In the, God has seized the humanity in two sections. There's Israel, which includes the New Testament church. And there's the nations, which is everybody else. And the nations are the goats, and Israel are the sheep. And that's us too. Now, the Holy Spirit this morning speaks to us uh, on the level of skimming. Now, skimming is that art where you go to a dam and the water is flat and you pick up a flat stone and you skim. And it goes, one, two, three, four, four, five, six. And, and it goes, the first one's quite long and then a bit shorter and at the end it's da-da-da-da. Right. Uh, have you, put your hand up if you've ever done skimming. There we are. Goodness me, we've got quite a few skimmers. Well, the Holy Spirit's skimming us today through the second letter to the Corinthians and chapters 1 to 4. And his first word, letter is from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. And it says, Blessed be God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may comfort others with that comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Now the point there is, it's not for us. And every blessing, every anointing, every grace we receive from the Lord is for someone else. As we've heard from Pekati the pastor. Pekati? The Holy Spirit blessed the Afrikaans community through this black man. So when we receive a gift, thank God for it. So who's it for? If you have a word of wisdom or if you have a word of knowledge or a prophet, prophetic word, it might be ring up somebody or forgive someone. It's for someone else. Every blessing we receive from God is for someone else. So God of all comfort has comforted us in all our tribulations that we may comfort others with that same comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. I like that bit. <coughs> right, that's the first one. Now the second bounce is 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 14. And here... 
The challenge upon us is to be a fragrance, a savor, an aroma of the knowledge of God. That people know us in the sense that we know God. That's our identity. A fragrance. So our language, our attitudes, our relationships, when people bump into us, they know that we know Jesus. There's a fragrance about it. There's a quality. It's different. Carry on. Yes? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Make a, a savor there. It's a savor. But in, in my Bible, it says fragrance. Fragrance, savor, aroma, you know. It, it's, it's not what I use a lot of deodorant in the morning to cover up. All right. So, so let us hear the Holy Spirit say and question us. When people have encountered us, have they sensed the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus because we've spent time with Jesus in the word and in worship and in fellowship. Remember Africa Mshlopi, he said, uh, the church is full of Christian atheists. They're, they're very good on Sunday, but Monday they're... Uh, now, that's the second skim. Now, the third skim, it's quite short, that one, is 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6. I just want to know if Mary Ellen has got any objections to this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a matter of life and death. The letter kills. And the Spirit gives life. And Jesus says, my words, they are Spirit and life. And some fundamentalists are tied up with the letter which kills. And the Word of God can be an instrument of death when it's interpreted in terms of the letter. The superficiality which we heard of earlier. I mean, one very earnest elder in a church, very holy, very devout, very sincere, very committed, very dogmatic, he told me that the Bible says, you heard people say, my Bible says, well, it's your Bible because it's not mine. But then he He's told me that the Bible says and God says you shouldn't play cricket or rugby or soccer or play anything because it says in the word of God that when Moses was up the mountain, Aaron and the people rose up to play and it brought them to disaster. It's perfectly clear you 
Believers don't play. He was talking about playing the whore with demon idols. That's the letter which kills. And, and, and so it was good, as we are told, as the Lord had told us, to, to listen and wait. And wait for the Spirit to interpret the Word. Interpret the word. It's the Holy Spirit who interprets the word of God. Without the Holy Spirit, you will just have the letter which kills. My Bible says. Getting shorter now. One, two, three. Another one. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. This is the biggest miracle in the Bible. 2 Corinthians 3.18 For we all with open face not with a closed face beholding as in a glass beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are being changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit. What's going on? We are being changed by the Spirit into the glory of Jesus Christ. Well, if we live by sight, that's pretty discouraging. Live by faith. We all need air, sunglasses. They're being changed into the same image. It's going on. God is at work. We are, his, we are his workmanship. God is in you to will and to do of his own good pleasure. His own good pleasure. Because that will come us to the next one. Not quite. The next one is a favorite verse that Al and I have shared from the time he joined the ministry. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7. And it's about holding the treasure in earthen vessels. <laughs> and Alan and I have always taken comfort in this. That we hold the treasure of the gospel, but we are earth. We're not even pewter or bronze or brass or silver or gold. The vessels in which the gospel is planted is earthen. It can destruct. And we are told to regard the ministers of God... Very highly for their work's sake, but not their status. Their status is earthy. Their work and ministry is glorious. It's treasure in earthen vessels. So when we hear of the ministers crashing, and I've got a list that goes on and on and on, 
of ministers who've crashed, whether it's sexually or financially or, or, or whatever way, they're only made of earth. So what? What do you expect? The treasure is in earth and vessels, and, and that includes us all. We are of the earth, earthy. Psalm 113 says, He knows we are but dust. And dust thou art, and unto dust you shall return. Ashes to ashes, the Spirit is glorified. <laughs> right, now, now uh, one final... It's getting very short now. Did you see it? I, I've never got more than four, I don't think. Some people can make go. Well, we, the Holy Spirit's doing a sixer today. And the next one is 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9. You see, in the English language, there's a phrase which says, please yourself. One says, you know, do you mind if I smoke? You can burst into flames, you know, if you like. But please yourself. May I do this or may I do that? Please yourself. Please yourself. That's not a Christian sort of language. We're not here to please ourselves. I'm hearing so much about God's duty to please me. He's got no duty to please me, whatever. But we are called, because he lived and died and rose again, and removed the wrath of God from us, we are here to please him. And, and Paul says, if I please man, I cannot serve God. So please yourself is not the vocabulary of the disciples of Christ. And, and we then come to the last thing, because boop, boop, sunk now, is 2 Corinthians 5 and 15. What's your dream? I've heard about my dream. Realize your dream. If you buy my pizza, you'll be rich and famous. You've seen it on the TV and all that sort of stuff. Right? But we're not here to please ourselves, and we're not here to realize our dream. We're to realize God's dream. God's got a dream about us. His dream is that He's going to make each one of us just like Jesus. Can be like into the same image, and and we, we I'm not living for my fulfilment. Then I'm going to rise up and be top of the pops and all that. That's nonsense. It's absolute unmitigated nonsense. We're here to live for Him and live unto Him. And live unto his dream. And live unto the revelation of our destination. To be glorified. There's wonderful news about 
Janet's sister, she's been glorified. It's tremendous. I'm very envious. There's, there's this age and the age to come. This age is temporal, visible, short, brutal, solitary, Hobbes says. The age to come is eternal. So we live unto him. It doesn't matter who wins this election or that election. By the way, when we pray for our party to get into power, that's absolute nonsense. You read the book of Daniel, he raises up and he puts down, regardless of what any of his people. And I hear some people ordering the Lord to put some party into power. What absolute rubbish that is. We live unto him. Because he... He came, he lived and died, was buried, rose, ascended, is seated, interceding, and he's coming. And we live unto him. Come, Lord Jesus. We sang about it. And we worship him. He's the king. And he is victorious. He's conquered death. Uh, Jane says she'll walk out if I talk about that, but I won't talk about that any longer. Okay. But we, we, we live unto him. Do we? Oh. Well, when your unit trust stood the high dive that mine do, you do live unto him. You've got no options. <laughs> now, preachers have quite a difficulty in landing. They, they, they come to the air and they go round and round and round and round. And then they say, let us pray. And they go all through their prayer, preach again. Point one, two, three, thank you, Lord. One, thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's a little rubbish. There's only one way to stop. And that is to stop. <laughs> 